Well, there we go. That was, that was all right. Rough start. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to episode five of Business and Bites podcast with uh, one of your hosts, Emilio Mejia. And John Hansman over here in Washington State, where it's freaking cold. I bet it is cold. Yeah, it was uh, It was nice, tropical, 15 uh, degrees here on, in western Washington. And I saw negative nine on the other side of the state. I was like, dude, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't do single digits. I barely, <laughs> I barely like thirties. Whenever I go north, I snowboard, and I get the hell out really, really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so um, let's go ahead and jump straight into it. What do we have today? <clears throat> so we're gonna talk uh, as I as I put on the you know social media. We're gonna talk about employee training. I think. One of the things that I've noticed from just being in this industry for more than a minute is that employees are the primary place that, you know, malicious activity happens. And it's not like it's on purpose. I don't, I don't, I've not found one uh, time where there's been an employee who maliciously did phishing attack or you know maliciously create a ransomware i'm sure it happens like it i know it does but uh but what we're talking about is we're talking about employees making mistakes that they shouldn't make and how a business can actually prevent those mistakes from happening by creating security awareness now my understanding is that you uh wrote a, a chapter in a book on just this this topic I mean, I'm not gonna brag about it or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I was uh, I was invited to be a co-author in a book where 16 different IT professionals got to uh, choose their topic and write on it, and mine just happened to be why cybersecurity um, user awareness is crucial for your business, and that is my chapter in this book right here. Well, you can't see it very well, but you also have another picture of it right here on the left of me um and we talk about a lot of things and i actually start the chapter by asking a question that you sort of just answered what is the weakest link in your business and it is the employees um you know the employees don't know what to look for they're not properly trained and it doesn't matter how many security tools or solutions i put in place if your user gives somebody their username and password they're in right doesn't matter what I have, how many people are monitoring it. I can have the most sophisticated tools. If somebody gives a hacker their username and password, they're already halfway, you know, halfway into your system. Yeah. Um, and from there, they can engineer the rest. Uh, so definitely a, a strong topic to talk about. Um, let me see where I should start. Well, I think I think one of the things that is important to start out with there's a misconception about security awareness training and sometimes people create security awareness training as the annual training for getting your food handlers card at a restaurant, right? Okay. We got this thing done. Now we're all good. And I, I don't believe that. I believe that cybersecurity training really needs to be a cultural shift in businesses. And it needs to be something that's done not just once a year, 
but maybe have like the security training we use has a once a year longer format program and then it has micro trainings throughout the year so every week like the, the uh the customer and their their employees are getting content to talk about things that are happening literally right now so they're always up being up to date and it's something that has to start from the top down and it has to be something that the owners are taking serious that they are they're actually doing themselves like i take my own security awareness training uh, all of my team takes our security awareness training as well if i'm expecting and i'm servicing my clients and telling them they should do it we should be doing it too and it goes the same thing for for owners that really you need to make it a requirement in your business that this stuff gets done i i heard and then well, i guess we'll go back to you i was listening to a podcast about three months ago and they had a uh the CISO of a large organization and this is like they had 500 to a thousand employees and he said something really fascinating. He said, I know when cybersecurity, like the annual cybersecurity training has been released, not because of the timing, but because the reporting of malicious emails, even if they're not malicious, goes up significantly the week of cybersecurity training. And then it tapers off. And for the rest of the year, it doesn't come back. So that tells me two things. One, people lose awareness over time. Like over time, they forget. Like we were only retain like twenty percent of a conversation. If you went to church this Sunday, you probably only retain ten to twenty percent of what the guy sounds <laughs> at church. Like it's just that's just the way it is. Yeah. So one of my chapters um, in the book actually is things to avoid when implementing cybersecurity training. My first one is one-time training methods. It's almost like you read my book. <laughs> So my first, uh, my first topic under that part of the chapter is um, one-time training methods. Some people ask, hey, can we just do this once a year, kind of like a set it and forget it thing? So there's two factors to that. The first one is you're not going to be compliant with your cybersecurity insurance. Mm -hmm. Your cybersecurity insurance asks, do you have a checks and balances on your users being trained and then being tested on what they've been trained on? So if you only do one time a year, you're already going to fail that checkbox. Um, the second one is no one's going to be up to date, right? You've trained them one time. They're going to be behind. What if new attacks come out? New attacks come out almost daily at this point is what I feel like. You know, we only, we only hear about the very, very big ones that make it onto the news. But as we'd like to tell you guys on this show, it's not, <clears throat> you're not too easy. You're not too small to get hacked. You're just too small to make the news. So even though you don't see certain concepts out there, it doesn't mean that they're not out there. Um, the second thing is lack of expertise and exposure, right? You can have an IT department that they're very good at their job. They're very good at servicing. They're very good at maintaining the infrastructure and doing all of that. But they're not reading current articles every day about cybersecurity and what the new attack is and things like that. So you want to be in a program or have a solution that is on top of those things. Um, I know mine is, and I'm sure yours, yours is as well. Um, as you mentioned, mine also does a one time a year, which is actually right now at the beginning of the year, they do a longer one. And then we have uh, micro trainings every week, except the last week of the month where we send out a newsletter, kind of like a recap on what's gone out this month, you know, what's new, what's exciting, what to look out for. So as I mentioned, the first thing was 
the one-time training methods, we try to definitely stay away from that and do something that's recurring, engaging, and current, right? Something up to date. Uh, the second one is the lack of expertise or exposure that your team may have. Uh, the third one that I touch on is, and I kind of just mentioned it briefly, is no tracking or accountability. So if you do it one time a year, you know, how do you know that they did it? How do you know that your email was opened? You know, how do you know that they check off the boxes that you need to check off to qualify for your cybersecurity insurance? So all these types of things are, are the big don'ts in, um, in cybersecurity awareness training. Another one is trying to push it to the users without having backup from management and, you know, the superiors per se. You always need everybody to be fully bought in, all the way from the owner to the VPs, to the senior directors and so on and so forth. Everybody needs to buy in. Um, one of the ways that we do this is we try to gamify it. And that's also another topic that I copy, um, that I go over in my chapter in the book. So to give you an example, and I just had this conversation this weekend, um, this last week I was with one of my clients at the retreat and somebody was talking about, you know, everybody's not as engaged as they used to be. So the first thing we tried to do with the gamify and um, the system that I use has this built into their portal already is everybody has a score and it shows like a leaderboard, right? So you can see, you know, who's ahead of you, who's behind you, things like that. And you can kind of turn that part into a game. Um, but when you have a bigger organization, so right now I'm talking about an organization with 300 plus users, um, it's good to build teams. And then you say the team with the average, with the highest average score at the end of the month, maybe everybody gets a, a gift card or something, right? $10 gift card, $20 gift card. Not only does that encourage everybody to push themselves, that makes the person on the team push the other person on their team. Hey, you need to do these trains. You need to be on top of it. I'd like to win these prizes at the end of the month. You know, it just gets everybody engaged. It gets everybody going um, because I'm not going to lie to you. It, it can get a little stale sometimes. It can get a little boring um, from the user's perspective. I mean, not us. You know, we like to learn about IT and cybersecurity every day. Or so we say, <laughs> but um, but this is definitely not on top of a user's list on what they want to do, you know, when they start their Thursday or the Friday morning. Even though we're talking about just a one to two minute video and you know one or two two or false questions at the end, it's not something that they want to be stuck to for a long time. And I think it just needs to be built in. So I'm listening to a book uh, by Mike McCallowitz, his new All In book. He's talking about building culture from the very beginning when someone's hired. One of the things that stands out to me is as you're building your team and you're building your culture with with your employees and your staff, it's really important to just be thinking ahead and planning that stuff out and figuring out ways to encourage people. And I think there has to be somewhat of a reality check of how important cybersecurity training is. Uh, my, my chapter in the book that I wrote is about just how much a cybersecurity attack costs. And when we consider somebody's like doing cybersecurity training, requires somebody to do an hour a year of cybersecurity training and then 10 minutes a week, is that worth not losing $500,000? Agreed. That's, that's like the real question. Like, it, it's kind of like one of those things that people say, oh, I'm, it's too, too much work or, or whatever. But man, getting hit with a cyber attack is is way way worse 
than using two-factor. It's way worse than having to do a little bit of cybersecurity training to make sure that your employees do the right stuff. I agree. Uh, you know, you, I mean, you just said it. I can't make it any clearer than that. Is <laughs> is maybe a total of three hours in the year of an employee, you know, them having to go through that, is it worth trying to go through a breach? Um, right. It's definitely not a cost. It's, it's astronomical. And, you know, we can cover that when we get into into your book and your chapter on how that goes. Um, I've even told clients, you know, I'm with you on enforcing this, right? Do we give people a certain timeline and then do we block them out of the system until they complete their training? You know, as long as management is behind me, then I will, I will lead that effort, you know, and I'll be the bad guy if you want me to be the bad guy. Um, but I need management behind me so that when people push back, I, I know that management and, you know, the ownership has my back. But definitely, those are the conversations that I have with business owners and with my clients. Look, if we're going to do this and we're going to do this the right way, it has to be a full front effort by the whole team. Um, we are going to have people that are not going to want to do it. You know, people that have been with you a long time, maybe certain VPs, your right hand, they're going to think that they're too important and they're not going to want to do it. I've even had instances where the owners don't want to do it, you know, and the office manager and the IT, you know, and the person that has brought us on board is, is pushing for it. You know, so we have to sit down and, and have those conversations. And how do we get to the formal agreement? You know, sometimes I have to show them in numbers what it'll cost them, you know, so kind of piggybacking off what you just said. Sometimes uh, business owners just want to know that they're not going to lose money. And when I present it to them that way, that's usually when I start to get some of the buy in there. Yeah, and I think it leads to if you if you have employees that are pushing back on something like that, that could save the company from having a huge loss. I would reconsider whether, whether those employees are good for your culture. That's a whole, maybe a whole different topic, right? Yeah. But if, if you as an owner care about this and you know that it's really important and somebody says, well, I'm not doing that because it's a lot of crap. And you, and you know, because you've done the research, you've listened to us talk that this type of activity could save your business. I'm going to reconsider whether those people belong. And again, I'm, I'm in the middle of listening to this book by Mike Bacalowitz, and he talks a lot about creating buy-in and creating even ownership with your employees and helping them to just understand and to be a part of like owning what happens in the business, giving them some ownership. And this maybe this is an opportunity to help bring people alongside you to grow your business in a different way. It could just be something that you use as a tool to unite people, and maybe this is a good starting point to, you know, build some some team building. I, I don't know, but uh, I would definitely consider when you're looking at pushback. What where's that pushback coming from? I definitely agree. Whole different um, topic, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I mean. And I think we've mentioned this in some of our previous episodes, uh, right? What are the top couple of things to do right off the bat, right? And we mentioned MFA and we mentioned cybersecurity awareness training as two of the top three. Um, you know, that's just what will kind of seal up the doors as quick as possible. You know, and I'm not saying that if you take one cybersecurity awareness training, boom, now you're an expert and you're not going to get hit. But it at least, um, you know, opens up the eyes, opens up the minds to the 
different types of attacks and possibilities that your business can be compromised or breached from, you know, and it's just, you know, something we've mentioned It just, it brings the, um, the security environment, you know, it just creates that type of atmosphere where, you know, that's what we're thinking first, you know, is what I'm doing safe is what I'm doing the safest way to do it type of thing. And we're all, I mean, I, I think education in general is just a really important piece to the puzzle. And it has to be like, there's just, we've come to a point where installing software on machines just isn't enough to stop this stuff from happening. And that's where, that's why we're, we're pushing the security training and, and telling you it's really important that you do this. Okay. Um, I'm going to put my information here really quick. If anybody wants a free copy of the chapter itself, just digitally, um, they can go ahead and email me at, oh, wait, that's not on there. Uh, they can get my chapter for free if they just email me at info at am3-it.com. And they can put cybersecurity awareness in this subject. Uh, anybody that does that, I'll go ahead and send them my chapter for free directly. Not the whole book, but the chapter. If you want the book, then uh, email me anyways, and we can talk about how to get you a copy of that. Uh, anything else you want to add on the cybersecurity? No, I think I think we covered it. I, I just hope people realize it's really important to, to think through and make it a priority. Definitely. So. Uh, if anybody just wants to have a conversation around cybersecurity awareness, um, you know, if you're on the East Coast, feel free to reach out to me. If you're anywhere on the West Coast, feel free to reach out to John. And we can sit down and just have, you know, just a straight up conversation about what you know, what your expectations are, things on, you know, things like that. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's important. And I think that we, yeah, we just have to bring this, like if we're at the beginning of 2024, mm -hmm. if we want to see less of an impact of cybersecurity incidents, all business sizes have to really get through this and, and, and make sure that they're training. Agreed. Agreed 100%. All right. Uh, let's see. What can we shift gears to over here? Yeah, I was looking at Bleeping Computer to see what's what's happening in the world. <laughs> and There's always uh, something there's, happening in the world. Well, there's always something happening. I think that now what's fascinating is we talk a lot about and I hear this a lot from clients about, well, everything I do is online. So why do I need you to manage my my software, my computers? I, everything I do is online. Well, here's a really great example. Uh, this is more website related, but over 150,000 WordPress sites taken over uh, because of a vulnerable plugin. Mm. So this is a 100% online thing as is i mean you think about your email you think about all you know everything you do is it really requires some diligence how you are you know taking care of your your day-to-day -day. and it's fascinating how many people just don't they don't want to really look at Something that's comprehensive, they just assume that because of, you know an attack's never happened, it's never going to happen again. 
Um, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of predictions for how this year is going to look. And I've been listening to other podcasts talk about how most most people are thinking that this is going to just going to be another record-breaking year of cyber attacks. So, and I like to have these conversations sometimes with some of my friends because it's, it's a little bit unrealistic, but it's almost like when something is too big to fail, I feel like cybersecurity, the bad side of it, it's too big to fail, unfortunately. It's kind of like the conversation, you know, with AI. Well, one day, you know, will it be robot? You know, some people say yes, some people say no, but eventually something like that has to happen. You know, if we're always trying to better ourselves, that's just the nature of it. So going back to to the cyber attacks, how how can they go down? Right? Um, Right. You can maybe be better at avoiding them or blocking them, but they're not going to go down. No one's going to get bored of doing them. And say, wow, I'm being right. blocked so much, I'm gonna stop. I mean, I, I hope that you know that would be how we get to a level playing ground, maybe let's call it. Right. But you know, if to me, if somebody's doing something, it's because it's working, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, you think about just even I get I had someone email me because they've got one of those uh Facebook scams where they send a private message that that's really looks like yeah. a client in and says Hey, we're going to shut down your page, right? I almost hope for that. I, the first time. I'm I, not even going to I get, <laughs> I get like a ton of them, and I was like, and Chris, I remember Chris Weiser put something online about them, uh, and I was like, oh, so I kind of just knew. And people were losing their pages, and they were losing access, and they were, you know, that was a, becoming a thing. And now people kind of know they've seen enough of them. I get one or two, or I get probably three a week because I have so many different pages. I get one on my Truett page once, like easily once a week. I get a new yeah. Page. I get I get one or two a week, and the first time I posted in our peer group because I was like, hmm, this seems a little odd. And then I clicked on the link, and then once it asked me for credentials, I was like, all right, now I know. Where, yeah. where, where this is. yeah. Now I know where this is going. Yeah. So once exactly. You click on something. Another thing is inputting your credentials and and knowing where that's going to end up. Once yeah. I and it, that prompt, I was like, all right, let me take a step back. I know what's happening here. But you think here. You and I and a ton of people now know this is a scam. Yet, people are still getting hit with it. That is so. There's still money to be made, and I think that's what you think. It's what your point is, right? We're talking about uh, criminals are always. It's just even like the uh, scams with old people, (laughs) you know, where they're trying to get you know those those uh, cards from Target or whatever, and they work, and so they they just they keep doing it. I don't think so. I don't think we are going to be able to eliminate the cybersecurity risk com- completely whatsoever. And the, the scary part is, is that really our industry is really fighting against human nature. Because human nature is to be lazy. Human nature is to sometimes ignore the problem and just pretend that it doesn't exist until it until you have to face it. Personally. And and people will generally just stick their head in the sand until they can't anymore. And until we stop that type of behavior and we start really taking like our last subject topic about cybersecurity training, you know, seriously and really start pushing it out and making sure that every business takes it seriously, this stuff's going to keep happening because 
you know, 90% of the cyber attacks are all generated by people doing dumb things by clicking on emails they shouldn't click on or not looking at links or giving out credentials or, I mean, you just keep, I mean, there's just a ton of that happening that shouldn't be. And it's really just lack of training. And so if we could solve, if we could solve some of that, I, we could see the, I guess, I don't think it's ever going to go away, but we could at least see the numbers not rise. We could maybe see them decline, but I'm not optimistic that human nature and business owners uh, are, are going to take it seriously enough to deal with it. Because I, yeah. you know, I go to networking meetings all the time and I go, oh, your service is really needed. And I said, do you guys do cybersecurity training? They're like, no. Okay. Okay. Obviously, you're just blowing sunshine. <laughs> then, I, then I am really needed. You're right. Yeah. And, and yeah. You, you, yeah. You brought up a good point. And I read an article about that. Let me take one step back. Um, Nigerian email scam, you know, hey, I'm a prince from this. If those are still going out, they're working, right? And I say that to segue into uh, my next topic. So um, my wife works at a at a bank, at a, a small credit union here in South Florida. And um, she's had a client come in and ask to um, take out a large amount of money, right? Between 10, 15, 20,000. And my wife is trained to ask, is someone making you do this? Or, you know, are you being held ransom for some reason? If you let us know, we can help you. And the person will say, no, 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 I'm doing this, you know, to invest in something else. And then that person will come into the bank one or two days later, you know, crying their eyeballs out saying that there was a scam and that, yes, they were being pressured. And they were told that the people at the bank were in on it so that if they found out that, you know, that whatever it is they were threatening them with would happen. Um, you know, so things like that are still happening. And then they send it through Bitcoin and they're never going to get it. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm saying that to to segue into my third point, which is I read an article that said, will AI hurt the elderly population? And this was the example. Um, right now they can do deep fakes on videos. They can do deep fakes on voices. So what if somebody FaceTimes their, you know, grandma or grandfather or calls them and says, hey, look, um, I got into some real big trouble. I need this amount of money. Can you send it to me here right now? You know. It's going to be fascinating to see if... Now, there's already been one case about this. I don't know if you heard about this, and I don't remember exactly where it was. Maybe I can find the article. But there was a grandmother who uh, had a deep fake, I think, of their son being ransomed. Uh, and, and literally like phone call, the whole thing. Uh, and then finally she gets a hold of her grandson and nothing's wrong. Right. And these people are trying to get like 20 or $30,000. So I don't think we're not seeing a ton of that yet, but there, that's actually already happened. Like it's already been a thing, but it actually already made the news. Uh, I think the biggest threat to AI or the biggest thing that AI adds to criminals is the ability to write in English. <laughs> and what here's what I mean by that. If you if you think think 5 years ago, we would look at emails and we would say, "Oh my god, that spelling is so bad." Yeah, you're right. And we would kind of <laughs> know like 
Okay. Like the Prince, if you've seen the Prince Egypt, you know, scams, the spelling and the mannerism and all of it is, it was so bad. And you look at it and you're like, no one in America talks like this. Like no one whatsoever. And AI has really given the, the ability for people who don't, who don't speak English as their primary language to go and write a letter and make it sound like, you know, get rid of spelling errors and, and make it sound like a real person. Cause you can go into, you know, to chat GBT and tell, tell it to write it. You write you a story and it may not be like highly emotional, but it does a good job with man, with grammar, especially now with like 4.0 and all of that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was using, it's crazy. I have the new, the chat GBT on my phone and, and I was able to ask, like, it, it sounds like a real person. It's the craziest thing. Like, here, here let's just do it. Cause w this sounds like fun, right? Pick a question. What's the question? Like just anything, kind of anything? Like, that's, that's, that's complicated. That's somewhat complicated. Uh, uh, man. I know. I, I wish we had uh, the chat working. I don't see anybody chatting. Somebody could submit a question to us. But like, we're here's what we've been doing. We've been asking questions about new baby things to ChatGBT. Like, is it regular to have this color poop? You know, like whatever. And she, this thing right. answers questions, and it's like a. And they ask. They do it in a conversational way. Like, uh, oh, here, let's just do this, okay? Oh, I gotta unlock my phone apparently. Okay, so. This is going. You gotta give it a second. It's gotta. It's gotta spool up. Apparently. What to? What do I do if my car is making a clanking noise? It sounds like your car needs some attention. A clanking noise could be caused by a variety of issues. It's often related to the suspension, exhaust system, or something loose under the hood. First, check if anything is visibly loose or damaged. If you can't find... Okay, you see the point? Like, literally, as opposed to, like, when you use Siri, and it's kind of... Now, apparently, they're supposed to be up, upgrading that in the next uh, next version. But this this thing, like, will start asking you questions about, uh, like, have you noticed any specific pattern noise? You can literally have a conversation for, like, 15 minutes with, with ChatGPT about anything you want. And it's it's pretty crazy, and the the language and the spelling and the mannerisms and all of that all sounds real, and that's my point. Like ChatGPT or just Chat in general adds a huge dynamic to where you know it's going to be harder, and it is getting harder to catch people who are out of the country because they can use AI to write things. Oh, and so many things that you can make it do. Like you can tell it well, you just asked it, you can tell it to reply to you in Spanish in Dominican slang. And it will yeah. and it'll sound just like, you know, somebody from like my native country yeah. talking to you that way. Yeah. You can just do so many things with it and you can adjust it that you know, that's why, you know, back to what we were talking about a couple minutes ago. I just don't see people not taking advantage of this stuff in a malicious way. So if we don't train, you know, the general public and everyone really, um, you know, things can things can get a little bit out of hand. And yeah. something I touch on sometimes when I'm talking to to clients or just anybody about cybersecurity awareness in general, I say this shouldn't only be for your job. This should be conversations at home. It should be conversations with your family. Uh -huh. You know, you guys 
have logins to things that um, that are of high value, that are maybe bank accounts, things like that, that don't go through any business or any job. So if somebody compromises that, then, you know, who do you call? Right. And then how do you make that secure? And if you're not aware of the stuff that's being protected at work, then how are you going to be aware of the stuff you have to protect at home? You know, and that just kind of goes full circle of how it can affect somebody in their regular lives and not just at the office. Yeah. And again, this is just going to get harder to detect because of AI. I guess the thing AI brings to the table is if you think it's bad now and it's harder to spot things, I notice that the the scams that I'm getting are just more complicated. They're getting better at disguising links. They're getting better at at, at all of this stuff. And so we have to be diligent. Uh, again, back to cybersecurity training and, and have to be thinking about that. I agree. Definitely agree. Yeah. Um, well, here's let's let's transition towards uh, future things. I'm super excited. I have a couple guests that I'm I'm working. I know you've got a CPA coming on soon. I have uh, a lot. I have four lined yeah. up. We just have to figure out what dates we want to do for each of them. Yeah, uh, I've got another uh, personal coach that's coming on. That's going to help talk some more about work culture. I have another coach uh, that was, helped our business a lot who's going to talk about how to know your numbers in your business and like how to actually project. Like one of the key things I learned when I was growing my business, I could project when it was the right time to hire based on my numbers and like, you know, all of those things. Or you can sometimes project when it's the right time to fire based on your numbers. That's good. So I, don't, gonna, I don't know any of that stuff. Yeah. So he's, <laughs> he's going to be talking about that. Uh, and then we've got uh, just some more fun stories about how people grew their business into what it is today that I'm hoping to, to bring over the, the coming weeks. So lots of really cool stuff coming for 2024. We have uh, just a lot of cool guests uh, that will be recording interviews for soon. So I would say make sure to make sure you know, if you're not following us already here on Facebook or LinkedIn, Make sure you're following us. We stream to these locations. Uh, and and then also you can go to businessandbytes.com and we'll have our uh, everything. Now, here's the other part that's cool that we announced on, on social media. We're now on all, well, we're on the main social media or on the main podcasting platform. So now we're on Apple, which is amazing. We're on Spotify. And we're on uh, the one that we're using to, to put all that out, which is Podbean. But if you're like me, I listen to all of my stuff mostly on, on Apple Podcast. You can just go look us up and you can find us and follow us there. And then you can listen to us in your car, which I think that's pretty exciting. Awesome. 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 So, yeah, I have um, I met a VA person. Um, I want to bring somebody on to tell business owners the value of hiring a VA. Uh, as you mentioned, we have the CPA. I have a digital marketer um, that wants to jump on with us and talk about that. We just need to set some dates, uh, stagger some of these, and definitely have some of these guests on that can come through and bring value to our listeners. Hey, and here's what I would say to anybody who's watching this. If you know somebody who you know would be an amazing interview, who has a really cool story about their business and how they grew it, uh, get them in contact with us because we would definitely uh, love to interview some people who have really 
uh, good backgrounds in business and bring just continued value uh, to helping us grow our business. Like this podcast, why we spent a lot of time today talking about cybersecurity. That's not necessarily all of what we're, we're doing. And it's actually uh, just a smaller percentage of our normal format because we really want to help business owners grow their business. And the best way to do that is to hear how other people were successful. At it. Agreed. All right. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this new year. I mean, I know we're we're pretty new. We're just uh, we launched in December, um, but I think we have pretty good traction thus far. And hoping that you know this year we, we can increase our followers. If we double yeah. our followers, I'd be happy. Double our followers. So if you're uh, on Facebook, hey, actually, too, if you're on LinkedIn, if you like our page, that'd help us out a lot. So I can start streaming directly to LinkedIn. Uh, but I'll go ahead and but, take over. Uh, go go look. Uh, go take a look and and try to get us. We need over 100 followers. Yeah, I think uh, you LinkedIn. cut off for a second there, but you're back now. Yeah. So we need under over under over 100 followers to get the live stream working on LinkedIn. So, well, uh, exciting. We're gonna um, have us next week, and um, I'm excited. We'll see where where all this goes this year. Yeah, guys, stay tuned. If you're not following us, go ahead and follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, in a couple of days, we're going to post the schedules for the next maybe two or three guests. So we'll try to yeah. uh, get that stuff lined up so that you guys know beforehand in case you need to schedule to either watch us live or, um, you know, watch us afterwards, you know, so you don't miss the episodes that you're looking forward to with the guests that you're looking forward to. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure, and uh, we will be back next week uh, with a guest uh, to just uh, help encourage you and help you grow your business. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you guys for sure.